Oh, it did go. There we go. Sweet. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Restoring Human podcast, where we believe humans were designed to flourish. Unfortunately, many modern conveniences have prevented us from thriving, but through intentional lifestyle decisions, we can return to an optimal state of health. I'm your host, Jared Bakken. I'm uh, Dr. Alex Aguello. Uh, and we definitely need to start by getting an explanation of what you really are eating over there. <laughs> um, this is what I call paste. Paste. I I asked him if it was uh, peanut butter soup. That's what it looks like. What's in paste? Literally just a bunch of fat and protein. It's got grass-fed butter, coconut oil, coconut butter, coconut milk, cream, um, there's some cream cheese in there today. Ooh. Typically do almond butter, but didn't have any, um, so we had some peanut butter, so that's why it looks peanut butterish. And some whey protein for sweetener, mainly. Like, I didn't necessarily care about the protein, but it's just an added plus. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to eat a bunch of oil and butter. <laughs> um, and then there's some chocolate chips in there. So uh so there's something in there that might throw a red flag for some people. You you have uh, cream cheese in there. Yeah. Uh, how would you respond to people who are caught off guard by that? Well, it, I guess that would depend on why they're caught off guard. What are they, <laughs> what are they concerned about? Oh, just dairy in general, I think. Probably. Oh. Yeah. Um, well, I, I have found that I do fine with dairy. Yeah. Um, I don't have a problem i haven't found a problem with really any dairy that is a good mm-hmm. from a good source sure um so that is um i think organic valley it's called so coming from a pasture-raised animal mm-hmm. totally organic so they're not fed anything that's chemicalized mm-hmm. um of course it's still going to be some pasteurization and that type of stuff in it right but it's just we have full fat so that's what i was looking for it's something that's heavy in fat and cream cheese is definitely that so that's why I threw it in there. Cool. We tend to make uh, what are <coughs> called fat bombs out of that. So mm-hmm. we'll just put cream cheese with some other things and just make little balls out of them, throw them in the freezer. Then it's just an easy snack of a way of, especially if I'm trying to do any sort of ketogenic type diet, That uh, that's what I do. Sure. Just to get it, because it's hard to eat that much fat unless you're doing things like that. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you just, there's not, you, you are limited in variety if you're avoiding certain things so yep. uh i guess before we go off of that so really with like the thing like the cream cheese so some people are definitely more intolerant to any type of dairy yeah. regardless of the quality but so the only thing that really like you said it is pasteurized so essentially the only downfall there is you're lacking a little bit of the bacteria that's beneficial stuff that's killed off in the heating process well that in when you heat up something like that it's going to somewhat denature some proteins and Mm -hmm. um destroy some of the nutrients that Mm -hmm. are that are in it as well so sure yeah i mean i would prefer that it wasn't like that but i don't know enough about cream cheese maybe you can't i don't know if you can make cream cheese with without it is is there such a thing as raw cream cheese there probably is but i've never had it there you go. <laughs> There's your fun facts for the day. <laughs> uh, cool. So, hold on. I've 
excuse me. We had did his one time a month workout. Oh, so. one time a month. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, we had a little bit of a breather this morning. My body hates all dairy. Maddie says, "Yeah, we've got one of those in our family, so we don't. Uh, occasionally, we'll have some cephalon, but we've got uh, one that we definitely have to avoid it with. So it's just kind of like we all typically avoid it." Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> I feel for the people that can't eat. Gary, <laughs> but cool. So uh, here's where we're headed today. Alex only has a very, very limited uh, understanding of where we're going. I thought it would be a great idea today um, for us, but me specifically, to kind of open up and share a little bit about um, a little health issue uh, that I've got going on and like to give you kind of some real-time super contextual stuff to uh, learn from kind of see you know what it is that I'm dealing with that I and I'm sure uh, a lot of you guys have probably had been in similar situations and then kind of see what the doc has to say about it. So cool. Requires a little bit of context. Hey, Maddie, are you still there? If you're still there, you should let me know if this is sounding okay. Cause I've got a weird thing going on on my computer here, but you should confirm that it sounds all right on there. Cause if you can hear it good or solid anyway, message us back if you're still sitting there watching. Okay. Um, requires a little context. So this isn't going to make any sense for a little bit, but it will come in. Uh, A couple years ago, Maddie says, all good. Wonderful. That's what I wanted to hear. Uh, A couple years ago, my, so currently have three kids, had our first kid and I've kind of said how right when we had my oldest daughter, that was when we started to, you know, I started working out, got introduced to CrossFit, got introduced to Paleo, <coughs> and that's kind of like the starting point of when things started to change, and it's been pretty progressive uh, since then. After our first daughter was born, between uh, her and my son, we my wife miscarried. And from basically that point, so like somewhat, like, like I said, this might not make a lot of sense until I kind of get to the point here. Uh, that was probably like, like I can probably say that's one of the like lowest moments of my life. And so like from that and kind of the fall off from that and how that kind of affected our then relationship, walking out of that, um, getting pregnant then after that and the worry and everything that, you know, happened there. um, It was like a solid, you know, six to eight months of like really just a high stress environment um, and just kind of 
you know, daily living with a higher stress level and just like things, you know, not, not going well. Um, <clears throat> and so kind of this culmination point happened when, uh, like it, looking at it now, it sounds extremely silly. I mean, kind of legitimate, but I had, uh, my camera bag was stolen out of my car one night. And like, it was a bigger deal. Cause I had some other, another guy's stuff in there and I had to replace that for him and do all this stuff. Like, you know, it all worked out in the end, but it was just like in that moment, it was, I had this like major reaction to this thing that's like, yeah, it was a bad thing is crappy, but it's like insurance covered it. We, wasn't a big deal, wasn't a this huge hit, but like it affected me way more than it should have. Like it was my response was not uh tracking, was not in line with like what actually happened. So I was like, this is weird. And so it kind of pushed me into uh like a deeper state of a like self awareness, I guess. Um in realizing that I'd probably been uh, you know, to one degree or another, pretty depressed for quite a while, um, you know, and didn't really realize it. And so at that point, kind of dug through some stuff and realized that this is probably something I've, you know, dealt with a number of times and just never really recognized it. Um, and gained a decent amount of clarity there. So, Fast forward, like I said, basically from my first our first daughter till now, progressively growing in our knowledge and understanding of how the body works and health and even like things like this, like mental health and how like some things that you know we can be doing and it's just basically also supporting good mental health as well. Um. So. Fast forward to whatever now, probably two to four months ago, the reason we weren't on here a ton uh our family moved, had kind of a super busy you know somewhat stressful transition time and stuff um I was you know more concerned about uh like doing things at the house and getting work done and this kind of stuff. And it's like whenever I needed to, like Alex already joked my one workout in a month because uh, I definitely had a few months where it's like if I can't make it to the gym in the day, it's like, you know, I wasn't able to make it there, you know, that type of thing. And so essentially that, has kind of just been compounding for, you know, a good couple of months now. And to the point where about a week ago, I kind of got into this state that I basically felt. I was like, holy cow. I like, I'm feeling something familiar now. And it's like that type of just lethargic, unmotivated, anxious, um, you know, that type of feeling that, like, I recognized from these other seasons of life. Um, and then I 
just kind of looked back at, you know, some of my rhythms and patterns and things I've been doing over the past few months and realizing all those things that I've already said, but then also just different spots that I'd been, you know, compromising on you know, what we were eating and like not, you know, like being okay with eating this when we're, you know, out at a social gathering or whatever and just like, just more than the normal trying to, you know, eat well, but also live a balanced and, you know, realistic lifestyle. Um, <clears throat> yeah, to the point where like all that stuff just kind of compounded and got me back into that state of like essentially restlessness and, you know, there's uh, absolutely spiritual components to this, but like it's, it's basically just the first time I'd felt that for a long time. Uh, and yeah, so I guess, you know, today as it stands, it's kind of been, you know, about a week since I realized some of that stuff and, you know, realized, okay, like, you know, I, I, I am out of town working a lot and it's, you know, it's easy to like everybody else is, you know, eating this. I'm not going to be a pain in the butt and have to, you know, go get something else. But, you know, just things like bringing food along when I have to go do something like that. Just this small little shifts that make up that, you know, the normal small percentage that quickly grows when you are just a little you know, flippant about things. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. So, uh, Doc, what do you have to say about stress and... Uh, anxiety. I don't know. Where, like, where, where, where would you go with that? Wow. Um, well, first, thanks for sharing yeah. all that. Um, yeah, it's interesting, just how the body works, and and I don't know if this is. I don't know if it's that I don't know enough, or I, if nobody knows enough to know. Like, is it a genetic thing, or is it a, a epigenetic thing mm -hmm. of why? So you go through kind of what you just laid out, and that brings you to, you know, this kind of restlessness, anxiety, depression, mm -hmm. those type of things. So that if there's a health issue, that's kind of where you are led to, or other people, you know, that might lead them to like a significant um, gut issue. Sure. You know, which is typically the case with me. Other people, they might just start getting colds and flus all the time, mm -hmm. right? Um, joints might just start to hurt. I did. I did forget to mention that. About a week ago, I had I woke up with like this, you know, scratchy throat, and I'm like, oh crap! Like whenever, whenever I wake up like that, I'm like, okay, that's an instant like marker of what have I been eating? <coughs> yeah, you know? yeah. So I mean, I think you you hit on a lot of the things um, that I would say I mean, from I guess taking your if I was going to help you, like if you were somebody coming in that would want to be coached by me and mm -hmm. consult with me for your health. Of course, I would start with that history. Now, you laid out parts of your history there, right? Mm -hmm. So for what I got there is you have experienced something like this in the past, but this isn't necessarily something that you are, like, highly struggling with, that you are, um, you know, this isn't, like, a monthly thing that you're dealing with or this hasn't been happening for f 5, 10 years, something like that. Is that correct? Correct. Sorry, I'm... We just got a comment on there. I was going to read it, but I'll wait. But uh, yes, correct. 
So why I'm saying that is because if, if it was a, I don't want to say a bigger deal because of course this is a big deal, but if it was like a much more serious thing going on, then yes, I would probably dive into mm-hmm. um, figuring out, you know, what it, what is the underlying cause? Of course, we know it. These some some things have happened, but is there any like specific underlying cause that we would need to address? Mm-hmm. What systems have kind of been affected? Um, sounds like obviously um, with the anxiety and depression, some neurotransmitters and stuff have been affected. To where if, if I would need to design some sort of specific um, plan for you mm-hmm. to address those things. But I don't necessarily hear, I haven't heard that in what you've been describing. So to me, that just goes back to what this would be where we would use that kind of environmental form of healthcare, but use it as a reactionary form of healthcare. So you're kind of in this state where you're experiencing symptoms. Yeah, yeah. But the answer isn't necessarily, well, let's do whatever we have to do to figure out how to get rid of those symptoms. It's this, these symptoms are a reminder that says, I haven't really been living, I haven't been paying attention to the, this environmental form of healthcare, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't been really doing what you admitted, mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that I know mm-hmm. um, to do. So the number one thing that I guess I would say um, is remembering the philosophy, right? Remembering and trusting <coughs> That this that our bodies have an amazing ability to get back to homeostasis mm-hmm. and function well and heal, um, as long as we give it what it needs, stay away from what it doesn't. Yeah. So identifying, and maybe you have identified a, a lot of them, but maybe identifying specifically, okay, this is what's happened in the past, like you said, four months or so, mm. that has led me to this path. So now, wh- what's the plan of attack? And this is where, you know, of course, I would be able to help somebody with what's the plan of attack to make you the most successful to getting back to living that particular lifestyle. Sure. Right. It's not, man, I've been do- not eating right. I haven't been sleeping well. I haven't been exercising. Let's just go full bore. Maybe that's helpful for somebody. Let's just go full bore and do it all again. Sure. Right. Um, <laughs> that might just lead you to more stress and sure. make you more sick. Sure. Right? Yeah. So it's kind of identifying, um, you know, what what is the most important is it not even the most important? I shouldn't even say that. Not the most important. The most important thing would be I figuring out what's the main underlying cause of it, right? And your underlying cause might be I just haven't been living the lifestyle. But what's going to be the most effective first, mm-hmm. right? So is it, okay, especially as we're coming up on holiday time, maybe I'm not going to be able to do the whole eating well thing, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to try. Of course, I'm not going to completely forget about that, but I'm going to work towards that. But that's not necessarily going to be my number one focus mm. because I'm still going to have these parties, right? right? I'm still going to be going out for birthdays and all this different stuff. Right. So maybe it's sleep, which again for you might be difficult <laughs> too because you have three kids. You get up at 4.30 in the morning to coach a class. Um, maybe it's figuring out how can I get some stress relief type exercise. Mm. If I can't go into the gym like I want to, what else can I do on the side to make sure that I'm, uh, you know, being able to to get something in that's going to lead to healthy physiology. Yeah. Um, stress management, of course, <laughs> is tough to you because you have these jobs where it requires you to, to travel. So, I mean, I, I guess the maybe what's helpful for, for the listeners is, so you're part of the show. Of mm-hmm. course, you're promoting this type of lifestyle. You're promoting saying, you know, if we just live this lifestyle, then we're going to be healthy. Um, you're a good example of somebody who has that right mindset, who's d- even had a lot of experience living this way, mm-hmm. but still can experience times when right. it's just 
you're not doing very well at that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but again, thankfully, <clears throat> we are given grace in that. And what I mean by that is our bodies don't just die immediately. Right? Right. right. We were just talking about somebody in the car ride over here about we just can't even not, believe. Not understanding how they are still alive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're like, how is this person not just dead by yeah. now? Um, we say that lovingly, of course. <laughs> but... The body's just unbelievable, right? The body's fighting every yeah. single second of our day. Yeah. Even though we're putting it in this poor environment, it's saying, okay, how can I survive this particular environment in the best way possible so that I can get into a better environment and then I can thrive, mm-hmm. right? So that's the number one key to somebody getting better is saying, okay, what's the environment that's keeping me in this unhealthy state? How can I now put myself in better in, in better environment? Um that might be in, involve all those things like I just mentioned, or it might just be picking some of them and saying, just, I'm going to slowly better my environment. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm going to get back to, to being healthy. Yeah. So <coughs> did I even answer your question? I, I, I didn't, I didn't really ask a question, oh. honestly. Um, <laughs> Brian, I knew you were talking about me. <laughs> so one of the first things you kind of said was how, like if this maybe had been a like if this was a bigger deal than it sounds like and it wasn't set like more of an acute thing i it, it's it's hard to it's something that's kind of hard to see in like hindsight but i think it's probably you know something that was going on that i just had no um direct awareness of, um, you know, earlier on, like before, you know, in the, in the years prior to like starting this whole new health enlightenment, whatever you want to call it. Um, so that's probably true, but yeah, as, as far as now, it's like, this was like this, uh, acute thing that like, I pretty much recognized right away when like, it's funny though. So the the heightened state of stress, like from the point where we knew we were going to be moving to, you know, where we're at now, like still kind of sorting out new life in a new place. It's like that heightened stressful environment. And it's like I, I my personality, like I handle stress fairly well. Um. already a given knowing that I wake up at four in the morning. Uh, like there's a fairly long period of time before I noticed any symptom, you know, like sure. I might've noticed decreased performance on certain workouts, like on a certain day that I knew I didn't sleep enough the night before, or like little things like that. But like it was a number of months before I had this like, reproducing this feeling that I was familiar with, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that, that's another one of those, like this, your symptoms aren't the whole story. <coughs> uh, but as far as what you're saying, like with, uh, like how to approach things and kind of like get back on track and like diving full in or whatever, it, 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 over the past couple of days, it has been a pretty 
good realization for me because in the midst of some of this stuff, it was actually kind of good for me mentally to um, like be okay, like missing a workout, you know, because I think there's definitely been points where it's like almost idolatrous of like, I gotta, I gotta make it to the gym, you know, or else, you know, <clears throat> I am going to lose everything I've worked so hard for. Yeah. And like, you know, judging performance at the gym, what we do is extremely competitive. Um, and so during the past few months, like that actually has been something good for me mentally to be able to like disconnect from some of those things that were probably somewhat of a driving force and not necessarily a beneficial one. But now it's like realizing, you know, I don't like, I don't just go to the gym to put a better time on the board, you know, yeah. like understanding everything that I certainly believe. Um, but then realizing, okay, you know, I probably pushed it a little too far, you know? Yeah. Uh, and the same, same thing with like the eating stuff. So, it's like I, you never want to be like in those situations. Like I was just in a couple of days ago. We're working this job. They t they're taking us out for lunch, going to this Mexican place. It's like I don't want to like. Now I'm okay. I don't need to eat. Which like I I I know I understand that physically I would have been fine. But it's like I don't want you don't want to be that guy and look like a jerk. Right. So you know, I figure it out i can have them get me a salad it's, you know not the gonna be the greatest thing in the world but it's like i'll be okay there um and just being able to still have that type of balance but then yeah like you said holidays are coming up like i think it's a good time for me to just have a nice little reset of making the absolute best decisions i possibly can whenever i have control of it yeah and that's going to put me in a good spot to be better, you know, resilient in these other situations. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I think what I heard you say there is no if you are going into a season, I guess, where you know it's going to be high stress, like you got to, you know, you're going to be working long hours, you have to be traveling. Mm -hmm. Um it's like it's like that's a variable that you like is going to suffer. So it's kind of like you got to make up ground in exactly. these other spots. Exactly. So again, if I mean hopefully you're not just going to go destroy your body for these next few months and during the holiday season, but right. there's going to be things that you wouldn't necessarily normally eat um on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. You might be eating them on more of a regular basis. Like we're this is called restoring human, right? So I still feel like it, like you're a human being that's going to do things that human beings do mm -hmm. right you're so you what you kind of described is you're with these other people so you don't want to just be this awkward guy that's n doing the exact opposite of what other human <laughs> beings are doing right. right so we're not telling you to do any of that stuff we're saying still be a human being part of being a human being is relationships so if that's going to do something to make the relationship weird then yeah right. don't definitely don't be doing that but again, that's why it's amazing that we have, number one, the body that heals. So even if we go and eat at a Mexican restaurant, eat stuff we shouldn't be eating, then we can trust that as long as I get back on track and give the body what it needs and, and don't do that all the time, don't do the bad stuff all the time, then I'm going to get back to a good state. But there's all these other variables, um, as you described it, that, are, that play into us actually being a healthy person. So mm -hmm. yes, we have to, if we're going to be eating like that, then we have to make sure, okay, is my sleep on point? 
am I exercising not for because I just ate a big calorie meal and I need to go exercise to burn right. the calories off. Right. It's because exercise is part of having a healthy body. So I need to be doing that to just have all these other variables that contribute to a healthy body because one of them is going to suffer mm-hmm. right now. Um, which is why when I was describing how you would come out of that state is maybe it is just ad- addressing one of them um, because you have multiple ones, unfortunately, that are going to be suffering. So then I can't just let them all suffer because then that's when I'm going to get get really, really sick. And then I'm going to be falling into kind of that reactive form of healthcare. And what I've noticed is because people have done so much to their body and now they have all these symptoms, they get into this reaction form of healthcare and they don't want to be there. Like they would, they would rather do things more naturally, right? If it's weight loss or if it's whatever it is, they want to do things the right way to get healthy, but they still are suffering so much that they, they kind of, I guess, give up on it um, too easy mm-hmm. and just want to you know, get rid of the symptoms, which I totally understand. And there might be a place for that. Um, I shouldn't say might, there absolutely is a place for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we still can't get rid of, having this understanding that if we start to do the right stuff, our bodies, we're going to get back to where our bodies want us to be. That's what the body wants. The body wants oh, to be functioning right. properly and healthy right. and live and thrive. Um, we just have to give it what, you know, we just have to stay out of the way, right. basically. You said something in there that reminded me of a another piece of this that I wanted to mention about how, like, the whole, you know, working out after you ate, whatever not for the purpose of burning off those calories but like moving towards homeostasis i so one thing that probably served me poorly over the past few months is i have a pretty solid understanding of like calorie balance and understanding weight management mm-hmm. up even apart from nutrition and like health. And so like, you know, I always kind of have like a five pound range where I'm fluctuating and, you know, there's probably been a few days where I've ventured slightly outside of that, but like I haven't really gained any weight over <clears throat> the past few months because I like it probably harmfully, I understood, like, it's still, you know, fasted a good amount, and, like, my overall calorie, caloric load wasn't in a surplus, and, you know, didn't have, like, that kind of sign that would have showed me, you know, something's off. Yeah. And so, removing actual nutrition, actual, like, what my body needs to thrive and separating that out and you know still kind of like balancing things out to the point where you know I'm not going to be gaining weight really has worked against me because it you know the lack of nutrition plus the digesting and processing of things that are harming me you know yeah got me to this to that bad point like right yeah so um just because you're a healthy weight doesn't mean you're a healthy person. Right, to right, right. <laughs> like I, yeah, I, like I, there's like a five pound range and I'm always pretty much between, you know, for the past year or so, step on the scale, I'm definitely still between that. And there's a, there's like, there's been a significant change in my health despite the scale. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, we want to still go with that, or what, what we want to do? We can carry on. We got a lot of questions to get to here. How do we read those? I, I can just scroll back up here. Okay, so most recent one, Brian is asking, might be way off, so you don't agree with the cheat meal, okay? I always like to treat myself once a week, usually on a Sunday. So, <coughs> a cheat meal. Um, so, uh, yes and no. So, I think what Brian essentially heard us say is don't have a what people refer to as a, a cheat meal where you're super strict with what you're eating for, you know, 80%, 90% of your week. And then you've got this day or this meal on Sunday night or whatever where you kind of go to town. I would honestly say that we kind of are saying whether it's something super regimented like that. Or I think what we're more saying is those like cheat meals are going to happen in human life and in relationships <clears throat> and are are unavoidable without, you know, being weird. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of that idea, but like just approaching it differently than such a yeah. regimented. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, I uh, guess I have maybe a couple of things to say about this. Um, this might be helpful or might not be, but specifically about the wording. Yeah. I don't like cheat meal because what, for me, what that says is you, sh you shouldn't be doing this. I've committed to something and now I'm going to get away from something right. that I've committed to. Right. I like to say vacation because I'm, this is the way I live. Just like this is what I do on my daily life. Right. My daily yeah. rhythms look like this. And then I take a vacation. So I I'm not doing anything that's wrong. I'm just getting a, getting away from my daily rhythms yeah. for a while. Yeah. That wording's been helpful for me and other people. I don't know if that's super helpful, but I just feel like, yeah, there's something that happens in our brain when we're saying, okay, when I'm going to cheat right now. I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. Right, when it has a negative connotation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe we've used that terminology too. Like I've said, you're doing something that you, you don't necessarily do. Maybe I did say you shouldn't be doing it. What I meant <laughs> but you shouldn't be doing is the that shouldn't be your daily rhythm, right? right. You shouldn't be right. doing that. Right. That's if you want health, right? If that's, you know, if you don't necessarily care about health, um, I'm assuming if you listen to the show, that you care about health. So we know what we should be doing, right? <coughs> if we see it as a vacation, we're still doing what we should be doing. But we're this, this is just a different way of enjoying life, right? Right, right. right. I'm enjoying life by doing like feeding my body what I should be doing on a regular basis, but I'm also going to enjoy life by now, you know, enjoying something else that's, that we can, we can celebrate with. Right. Because right. what, what I am saying is I don't want to be the jerk who won't like, won't go out to eat with these guys I'm like working with for the day. Like who are like they, you know, who they were buying us lunch, you know, yeah. like I'm, I'm not going to be, the guy was like, oh, no, I don't want your crappy lunch. Like, <laughs> right. I'm saying, yeah, don't do that. Right. Yeah. So then the second thing I would say is, is like, if you're in a state that where you're, you know, you're comfortable with where you're at health-wise, like, you don't have any serious things going on, you're not, like, trying to really work hard to lose weight, then I almost say that that's a must. Like, having something, whether it's once a week, 
uh, even multiple times a week where you're saying, hey, I'm going to enjoy something that is not necessarily nourishing for my body, right? Because, again, something happens to us where we, if even if we've developed a habit and developed a rhythm of eating in a certain way, if we are always kind of saying <coughs> no to, to these type of things, especially when we're in those environments like you're talking about with other people, then that's not going to be, that's just stress. That's stress to our mm-hmm. bodies, which uh, can can be negative. So, um, yeah, my recommendation is to, like Brian said, have once, if Sunday, that's, I like what he did is he has it scheduled, right? Sure. He's saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to develop a rhythm where I'm eating healthy, but then I know on Sunday I'm going to enjoy something. Sure. Right? Instead of saying, I'm eating this way, and then, you know, out of the blue, I'm just going to go eat something that I want. There's a tendency to kind of overdo that if that's how you're living. Right. But if it's scheduled like he's got, then that's, I feel like that's the best way to do it. So, yeah, I would be in agreement with what you're you're saying there. Yeah, I think the the way that... We have kind of gotten to it. So we used we used to do that. We used to have Joel and I used to do like a, a you know Sunday night pizza night type of thing, um, and really we got away from that when my son like well he really can't enjoy any type of pizza. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's going to be extremely harmful. Um, and so that's kind of when we got away from doing that kind of thing, but then just kind of naturally fell into <clears throat> more of a rhythm where we are at a lot of you know social gatherings weekly, multiple times a week, mm-hmm. and you know we're always trying to bring and provide something that is you know, nutritionally valuable, um, but like those types of situations have become more of like, okay, th- these are kind of our, our nights and our meals to go and enjoy and like partake in what's going on. Um, and then like the decisions that we're making, like now, especially at home, like have to be like very much on point or we know like much more severe, severely negative health effects are going to happen specifically, you know, with him. And so like I, like I mentioned earlier, like we've kind of all just adopted that. Same type of thing. Yeah, so hopefully that's uh, kind of an explanation of maybe how we're different than, I mean, if you guys listen to other people, like when I started to really research health and and get into paying attention to what people that were on the Internet teaching, (laughs) there's some people that, like, they would eat once a day and they would be walking around picking off leaves of a tree and that's what they would eat. Or maybe have like some lime juice on some grass, and that's what they would eat, and they would explain why that was the best way to eat. And I'm not going to argue. Maybe that that you can make again. You make maybe can make an argument that that is what is nourishing for your body, but that's not normal. <laughs> you know, like how many people are you going to be interact with on a daily basis that are even going to come close to doing what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so again, if if somebody's in a really sick state. And they can get to that because it's absolutely necessary. Yeah, they might need some of those extremes. Yeah, but daily basis, that stuff's uh, that's not what we're trying to promote. We're mm-hmm. trying to promote again, getting back to the way people used to live. And some again, that might be. <laughs> as I'm saying it, I'm thinking like, you know, that guy was extreme to me, but maybe what I talk about is extreme to other people. Oh yeah. That's another thing we wouldn't be teaching, right? We're not saying, hey, <coughs> be like me. Be like Jarek. We're not saying that. We're saying, hey, this is, if you want health, this is the best way to do things. And the only way to 
that's the best way to do things. But the only way for you to actually experience that is being able to do this, develop rhythms of life that look like that, mm -hmm. right? It's not saying, oh, I'll do that for 30 days. Right. And I'll go back to living the way I want. Right. Or I'll do that half the time and then I'll live completely the American, standard American lifestyle and expect health. It's saying, well, hey, this is what I know is right. How can I work towards getting there as close to possible? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. I have a... I have a funny, I'm going I'm to try to remember to come back to this. I have a funny little story in line with what you're just saying. Okay, i got to scroll up because there's so many people watching right now. Um, <coughs> minimum dose. I think we might have missed something there from Tom. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Uh pretty timely for me to be tuning in on this. Curious about thought on seasonal depression and anxiety in hormonal changes after being done breastfeeding. Okay, so we got two kind of different things there. Uh, seasonal depression, anxiety, uh, as well as any hormonal changes after being done breastfeeding. Okay, so... Is it seasonal affective disorder? Is that the like yeah. name there? So, yes is a short answer there. Uh, what is yes? She's essentially asking: Is like, is that a thing? Is oh. having a, like a seasonal depression or anxiety like is that legitimate? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a di <coughs> it's a kind of legitimate diagnosis, I believe. Um, if you see psychiatric psych psychological diagnosis as legitimate diagnosis um touche but it's it's real what people experience yeah yeah um how i would describe it is again there's back to the environment right so it's the environment um contributing to so our, our environments and our our environment and our genetics our environment or epigenetics working together to then equal what's going to be our state of health. So whether we're expressing symptoms or we're not. So the environment would be change of season, right? A season that mm -hmm. is not necessarily something you enjoy, but there already has to be some sort of internal state that also has to be there, which is why, you know, some people don't experience the, that same sort of stuff in mm -hmm. the same seasons. Mm -hmm. So there's, internal potentially genetic stuff there's internal epigenetic stuff there's internal just how well is your body working on the other variables and then of course this environment of a change of season um that was kind of a complicated diagnosis or explanation of that yeah um, so i mean <coughs> i guess kind of a top level more general uh look at that like the most common thing there is during the winter months a lot of times people experience things that they don't experience any other time of the year. Mm -hmm. And from a super high level, we have far less, I mean, our context here in the Midwest, far less sunlight. We're not getting outside. We're not as active. We're not getting as much sunlight and vitamin D from the sun. Um, and like there's these factors that are very much contextual to winter time here in the Midwest. 
And so, yeah, for sure. Um, there's actually a, a number of kind of topics within that that we've kind of got on our roster of stuff we want to talk about, the vitamin D stuff, um, as well as just other supplemental stuff. Um, but then... Brain outside, brain fart. Well, yeah, for sure being outside. Oh, uh, how we can eat differently in the winter months to, you know, under, understand, know that we're gonna, our environment is changing. So other things about our environment and what we're putting in our bodies can also change to help that, to assist that, to counteract that. We know we're going to be in this, like I, I already said this once, we know we're going to be in this state where we're going to be deprived of something that's good for us. So on the other side, we need to counteract that and like be on our game to work against where we're lacking. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so to speak specifically to that um, seasonal affective disorder, I think it has so much to do with just being outside and, and being in the sun. Um, there's a lot of people think that that's solely due to vitamin D, which vitamin D is huge, extremely important nutrient. So many different things that happen in the body require vitamin D, but I just feel like it has to be much more than that. So it's not like sure. you can just say, hey, I'm just going to supplement with vitamin D because I can't get out in the sun. There's mm -hmm. something about being outside, actually being in the sun that uh, affects all of those other things, right? It affects our sleep. It affects the t you know how we um, process our food, Yeah. what type of foods are actually good for us at that particular time, all of those different things. So that would, is what I would, I don't, part of it's probably just like, man, I hate the cold. Um, you know, I don't like being inside all day long just from a, a mental standpoint, emotional standpoint. But a lot of it's also physical, less just not actually being out there. Um, maybe one of the things you were going to mention, of course, if we're not outside, we're inside, which mm -hmm. means we're around all this right. stuff. Right. Um, <coughs> so receiving all those EMFs, which is another topic that we'll probably get to eventually. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, tangent. Do you know who Wim Hof is? I don't think so. The breathing guy, Iceman. Nope. No idea. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna look at his stuff because I'm really interested. Basically, he's this dude who isn't that Chuck Liddell, Iceman. Oh, uh, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Not a UFC <laughs> guy. Anyway, uh, he like basically puts himself in extremely cold environments and has this whole like breath thing that he does. And anyway, we should maybe tinker around with it this winter. Uh, cool. Where were you just at? Oh, her other question was regarding the hormones and breastfeeding. And I'm assuming around the same topic of kind of her mental state. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much I can comment on that. <clears throat> Number one, just not knowing enough about it, so I don't want to say anything. that Alex has never breastfed. <laughs> not um but also i don't i don't know, know that i have enough of what what she's necessarily experiencing to talk about it sure. um i do know yes there is hormonal changes when you stop breastfeeding um because there's hormones that have to be produced for you to produce milk so if you are stopping breastfeeding you're not going to be producing milk anymore which means those hormones are going to be um 
suppressed, right? They're going to be downregulated. Mm-hmm. Um, so hormones don't just have one function, right? We don't just produce um, a hormone so that we can produce milk. That same hormone also does other things, and they're typically related, right? So like <coughs> within breastfeeding, of course, we want to produce the milk for the baby, but we also want to connect relationally with that baby. Um, so the same hormone, oxytocin, that's produced when we to be able to produce the milk is also the same hormone that allows us to develop intimate relationships. So we're going to be more relational, we're mm. going to be more emotional, those type of things. We're going to be more tender, more loving. Um, so, of course, if that gets suppressed as we're um, not breastfeeding, doesn't mean that we don't still have it, right? So mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that that's going to completely go away. Mm-hmm. But as that change is happening, then there might be some yeah, of th- those type of symptoms. And again, I don't know enough about it to go much further than that, but sure. Yeah. I think hormones are similar to the immune system. Like we talked about last week where like everybody has probably spouted off something about hormones at one point in their life and really doesn't understand like what hormones are. I think, <laughs> I think it's very similar to the immune system thing. I like, I, I, I don't feel like I have a good grasp on what hormones even are so that should definitely be on our list that's just explaining hormones do and what they are yeah 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 okay so um i feel good about that i feel like i feel really good about answering those questions uh halloween is next week Mm -hmm. how should we handle halloween how, uh, not how should we, like, what are some helpful ways to handle a holiday centered around candy? For ourselves or for our kids or both? Anything. Yeah. Um, one way to do it would be to (coughs) demonize it and say, this is a, (laughs) can't believe how people what they are doing and how much they're eating and, um, you know, not participate, um, which that might be, again, depending on where you're at with your health or with, you know, what you believe. That might be the case. That might be the best situation for you. Um, Another one might be, I know this is coming, right? I know that I'm probably going to eat something um, that I don't eat all the time. And if I don't want that to result in me getting very sick, then I need to figure out how to minimize that, but also prepare my body for that, Mm -hmm. right? So living up to it, um, leading up to it, living in a way that now my body can actually deal with with these type of things. Um, For our kids, we've done it a couple different ways. We've done that first option that I talked about, (laughs) um, where we just said, no, you're not going out Mm -hmm. trick-or-treating. you know, of course, we did something else special for them. Um, we've done it to where they can actually experience it, dress up, go to house to house, you know, get the candy. Um, they can pick a certain number of um, candy that they want, pieces of candy that they want, and then we they can trade it. So they give it to us. Not that we eat it. They <laughs> give it to us. But then we give them something else, you know, whether that's a toy or some other sort of food. Yeah. Um, and... I think that's probably the two that we have done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably gotten more and more every year. 
that they actually eat that number of pieces of candy. Um, and my my oldest is 13. I have a nine-year-old, so they're way better, you know, now at sneaking stuff oh, than they ever sure. were. So I'm eat, sure they are actually eat it as soon as they <laughs> wait for the door. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess best practice would be having a plan, right? Yeah. Not yeah. just going into for the sure. day and be like, "Oh, there's all this candy <coughs> here. What should I do with it?" Yeah. Um. Especially with your kids, right? Because this gets into that, um, what you were talking about, going to lunch with people. You don't want to be the weirdo. Mm -hmm. Kids don't want to be the weirdo either. They oh, don't get to eat yeah, candy. that's even worse. Um, so, you know, having a plan of, you mm -hmm. know, how am I going to prepare their bodies going into this? Mm -hmm. How am I going to, you know, minimize what they are actually doing without, um, you know, destroying their souls? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I think that's the best way to look at it is actually having a, a plan with it do adults eat a ton of candy on Halloween? Uh, I think it's like one of the biggest excuses to eat all the candy oh yeah no uh, doubt I think I mean <coughs> yeah I feel like it's probably pretty normal like even even if you don't have a you know a very high like if you don't understand a ton about what's actually going to happen if you take in that much like refined sugar and all of these other listed terrible things that are going to be happening like people don't want their kids to have a ton of candy you yeah. know like whether it's sugar intake and kids being off the wall like i feel like that's that's a pretty common thing that people you know don't want to have happen uh or teeth but then i i i think i don't know i would think that what ends up happening is the parents take it and eat it yeah that's true <laughs> i don't know this article here says 2000, 2013 data collected man this is wild average child will eat about three cups of sugar on halloween which equals 384 grams American Heart Association recommends daily no more than 25 grams, and they don't know what they're talking about. So that's way should be way lower, right? Of actually refined sugar, of course, 25 grams is still a lot, and the average kid eats 16 times that, almost 400 grams of sugar on that day. So yeah, have a plan. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <coughs> and what's always crazy about the, the um, Again, back to just how amazing the body is. That's an average. So I know my kids don't eat that much. <laughs> so that means there's kids that are eating a thousand grams, most likely, and uh, don't go into a coma. Yeah, yeah. I've already been thinking about this a little bit. Well, definitely. Like so, like I said, my like my with our oldest who actually kind of you know is going to understand and has an opinion about eating candy uh like i know her tolerance is higher than our son um like i know that like i'm not going to give him anything so I'm going to be prepared with you know something else you yeah. know chocolate without sugar like i actually I'm like yeah eat as much of that as you want you know <laughs> like <laughs> that type of thing so yeah 
definitely, definitely be prepared. Cool. That was great. Yeah. I'm I'm curious to close this down and look at what happened because it seemed like there's a lot of people tuning in. I think Rebecca, is, I hope Rebecca's like sitting out there pulled up watching us on her phone right now. Doesn't sound like it. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, thank you, folks. Maybe this, I mean, it raised some questions live. So if you are listening after the fact, have some questions, um, comments, whatever, please let us hear it. Um, there's other stuff that you want us to talk about coming out of this, all the mess of stuff we talked about today. Hold on real quick. Let me, I just thought of this. <clears throat> I think this is a good opportunity. Let's say you didn't listen to anything we said about um, Halloween and you just let <coughs> let your kids do whatever they wanted. I think this is an opportunity to like really pay attention and be aware of uh, what happens to them. Yeah. Um, from do their nose start running? Yeah. Does their nose start running the next day? Do they start to get a sinus infection in a week or two afterwards? Do they sleep terrible that night? Like you said, do they have, you know, are they off the wall with energy? Mm -hmm. um, For 10 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> these type of things. Um, so hopefully just, again, be made aware of, you know, if, if we're eating similar to this all the time, of course, mm -hmm. good things or bad things are happening, happening to the body. So ah, that's good. Uh, do you guys hand out candy? We do because we do. Um, we usually get together with people yeah. from our missional community, our church group, and um, all handed out together. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't know if you were like the, you know, the dentist who hands out apples or. Nope. Actually, it's like there was, when I was growing up, there was always, so there's obviously always the houses that gave out like the full size candy bars that you, like you made sure to go to that house. But then it's like there was always an old lady who would hand out like nickels and dimes. Yeah. Popcorn balls. I'd be okay. It's always with a good one. Ooh, popcorn. There you go. Or That's like what we a, did last night as our of, for our icebreaker popcorn at MC last night. We said, "What was your least favorite thing that you got on Halloween when you were a kid?" And they said popcorn. No, no, no. Oh. We just said what was yours, and that was there oh. were some good ones. I was just like, man, we just heard fifteen terrible candies. What? How is there that many? <laughs> how is there that many things of candy that's bad? Man, that's a that'd be a little bit of work, but a little bag of popcorn that'd be. I would I would go for that. <laughs> That'd be a lot of work, though. I guess it depends on how busy of a neighborhood you live in. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, yeah, let us know what you like, what you want to know more about, whatever, all of the above. Get at us. Thanks for listening. Adios.